This is CliffCentral.com. The Unview, the Thin, the Rich, and the Fabulous on CliffCentral.com. Good morning. I'm Nathan Rowe, and I am all alone in studio here for The Unview. It's usually the Thin, the Rich, and the Fabulous. Today, it's the kind of medium weight, um, the middle class, and the slightly less fabulous because I'm straight. Um, I don't know where Alan is, actually, to be honest. He is somewhere, probably traveling. I don't know. He's not here today. That's all I know. So I kind of figured I would try and figure out where where I think Alan is. And uh, if you know Alan Ford, I'm guessing he's probably somewhere very fancy, uh, somewhere with an, a salmon pink wall. And I'm also kind of picturing, um, what's that? Uh, what's that country? Uh, oh, shame. I have my guests muted here. Hi guys. How's, how's it? Good morning. Nice to be here. Yeah. Good morning. Sorry. We're just, we're just discussing where I think Alan is. So, so I'm picturing pink salmon walls, a, a hotel bed that's too big for six people. Um, you know, the nice comfy down duvets and he's just sprawling there, perhaps a glass of champagne in his hand while, um, uh, pool boys dance around him in praise. Um, I'm excited. Already. Yeah, I know, right? That's what I'm picturing. We're going to find him. Um, this game is uh, called uh, Where's Alan? Where, where the hell is Alan? I suppose we are on um, Cliff Central, so we can actually say whatever we like. Where the fuck is Alan? Uh, we have no idea. This is the theme music for the uh, Alan! game. Alan! Oh, Alan! Uh, I don't think you need me, you know. Alan! 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 Al! Alan! 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 It's beautiful. All right. Uh, Brad, Brad, Brad. We're going to introduce Brad just now. But Brad, where do you think Alan is? I'm going to say the 12 Apostles Hotel. 12 Apostles Hotel. All right. Mark, any idea? Yeah. Um, based on, on everything I know about Alan, I actually think he's glamping. Glamping? Yeah. I think he's glamping in a fabulous tent in Skakuza. Ooh. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a cross between going on a safari and uh, being in a glamorous tent. Right. Um, but it has working toiletries. And correct. Things, and, and we're not actually sure who's pitching that tent. So, Whoa, nice. All right. Well, let's find out the truth. On the line, we have Alan Ford. Alan Ford, are you there? Good morning. Good morning. Where are you? And kisses from coast to coast. <laughs> I love kisses from coast to coast. Is coast to coast like a metaphor for your body? I hope there's tongue involved. Alan? Alan? I don't know. Where, where, where the fuck is Alan? Yeah, where the fuck is Alan? Alan! Al! Alan! Uh, I don't think you need me, you know. Alan! 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 Al! Alan! 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 Well, I know that's left everyone with bated breath. This is like the biggest cliffhanger of the year. Right, I know. Cliff's Cliff Central. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, well, I don't know where Alan went. Um, he hung up on me. But uh, as, at least we know he's alive, wherever he may be. Up glamping. I don't think you can die glamping. I don't think that's a possibility. I can't see that happening unless no. it's of love. Right. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Okay, I'm going to introduce my guests. I have two amazing guests with me today. The first is Bradley Katzen. Do you just go by Brad Katzen? B-Rad, but Brad, Brad works too. B-Rad Katzen. All right. Uh, South African film uh, film guru, 
Uh, you've won awards for your films. You've uh, gone to the Cannes Film Festival. I have. Exciting, exciting time. So we're going to talk film with him. It's all film related. All right. And my other guest is Mark Schmullian. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Nathan. All right. Now, Mark, you've, you've done everything in the industry. I mean, you've done magic. You've done theater. Yeah. You've even sang a little bit, right? A little bit okay. in the shower. Yeah. And now, and now you, you live in Miami. That's correct. And uh, you've done some amazing law projects. You studied law. You are in property development that side. Yeah, we are dabble in a couple of different things. Um, you know, we I've I've got a, a law practice which which focuses on entertainment based um, law. So I represent everybody from you know musical theater summer camps all the way through to to aspiring actors and and uh, musicians. Uh, and the other side of the business is property development. So, you know, all these fabulous people like, uh, like yourself need somewhere to live and stay when they come to Miami. So we, we focus on putting some, some beautiful projects up in the skyline. Brilliant. Sounds great. All right. We're going to find out more about that now. Let's see if we got Alan back. Alan back. Are you back? Alan? 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 Nope. I have people telling me you're there, but you're not. Are you there, Alan? I'm. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can hear you. Better. I hear yes. the Ellen joke. What Ellen joke? Ellen, Steve, Ellen, Ellen, Ellen. No, it wasn't an Ellen joke. Morning, it's just an Ellen statement. Yes. Good morning. Where are you? We've been discussing where the heck we think you are. Where are you? Um, well, I must tell you, I'm in uh, Constantia. At, oh. uh, just under the beautiful back of Table Mountain. Are you glamping? Uh, the last word. I'm not glamping at oh, all. Okay. Um, but I have a crazy and wonderful week filled with some of the best entertainment stars in South Africa and the Afrikaans genre. Very excited, actually. Because, yeah, there's some amazing um, stuff happening in Cape Town this month. Well, there's, there's so many things happening. You've got the Silver Scallon, which starts the, it happens at the end of the month. But um, also, you know, I'm in the fourth season of Far Anadanga on Cape Net, the TV show that one of the TV shows I produced. And. Um, this week we have got some of the most interesting and wonderful Afrikaans uh, entertainment industry leaders uh, that we'll be interviewing. So we've got someone like Manny Khrivia, that's a blast from the past, David Kramer. We've got uh, the wonderful Chris Base, And then, of course, top actor and one of the most inspirational South Africans of all time is uh, Eric Holm, who was a very well-known actor on Seven Delana and then uh, had a, a tragic uh, accident diving in to get a ball for a kid um, at uh, in Sequinda and broke his neck. And he's managed through all that hardship to actually become a comedian, get back into Bernalanders, into the acting world, which is brilliant. So we look forward to having him on our show as well, Nathan. But, uh, as, as you can hear, the, there's lots of things that I'm busy doing at the moment. And then the presenter, Eloise Capito, comes down on Monday and Tuesday and we do are doing some very fun, crazy stories. We're doing a story on alpaca farming and this, this new trend in alpaca and alpaca farming, which is very interesting. I'm more of a llama do, guy, personally. I know. Can you find llamas in South Africa? No. Let me tell you something. that I did a very interesting story about uh, milking donkeys with uh, a well-known South African actor called uh, Zuck Hendrick. Did you say milking don and donkeys? Milking donkeys for using donkey milk for skincare products. Yeah, I know. So Don donkey milk is yeah. amazing. 
I drink I eight glasses of donkey milk every day. Good for the face. You, yes, I'm sure you do. Yes, you are like a donkey. But um, it's um, it, it's a, so doing that. We're doing a segment on laughing yoga. We're doing another segment on drone racing, and you can remember because we've done a story like this before. Yep. So we're doing uh, so it's, it's it's nice and busy. I've got another and another activity for you. What? There's an opera going on in Cape Town with the Cape Town Philharmonic Orchestra. I don't know if you're interested. It's at the Artscape, op, op, Artscape Opera House. It's a uh, Die Fliegende Hollander, and it's about uh, colonialism, but the opera version. That sounds absolutely brilliant. We must do an interview next week with him. Yeah, I'll be back. In I'll get them in. Well, if you want to know, it's it's um, for the listeners. It's uh, showing from the seventeenth of August to the twenty sixth of August. So you might miss it out. I don't think it started yet, but it's about. No, to. I'll be up, we're up and down a hell of a lot, and of course. I look very forward to to doing a, a broadcast uh, with you from the Silver Scadam Festival, which is a South African cat festival. Um, it is it showcases um, South African, in particular Afrikaans movies. Um, that, uh, but I mean, you're talking about like top high budget, uh, budget films. Um, you know, some films go ten million rand. You know, that type of stuff that Emmett has put a lot of money into. Um, but this festival has Q&A sessions. It has, uh, it's a very interesting festival. It happens also down here in the Western Cape. It happens uh, in Camps Bay. Uh, and I look forward to us getting some of those top directors uh, who are both from, some of them are uh, first languages are Zulu, some of the first languages are English, um, some of them are obviously Afrikaans. And it'll be so interesting to talk to some of these guys as we broadcast uh, from here at the end of the month. But I can tell you now, um, it is great to see the amount of talent that's happening in South Africa, and to for us, for me to be able to be interviewing all these people, um, is is really phenomenal. I'm really ch- quite chuffed and so excited. Awesome. Some of the, I mean, as I said, having those names is cool. So if I'm in Cape Town and things are great, um, I, I, I want to tell you the streets of Cape Town were quite busy on Tuesday, but not as busy as I thought they would be. Obviously, with the anti-Zoom approach process. <laughs> Yeah, or or, or, or pro getting us. Um, Did you what see? What do you he, think of that, mate? Yeah, well, I was just so surprised. He used his immunity idol, and uh, he wasn't allowed to be voted off, which I found. You know, I mean, it's a. <laughs> I've been seeing watching that for ten seasons of Survivor. I mean, it was expected. I knew he was going to do yeah. it. Yeah, you know, as but I, I think the interesting thing is the following: is that the, the democracy did shine through because it went. To the secret ballot, number one. Number two is there is a lesson in towing party lines. And if people understand this about politics, even though there are people in the Republican Party in the United States that are cringing, cringing at Donald Trump. Cringing. Yeah. Well, we've um, got an American in they, studio, so we're going um, to chat yeah, to him they, briefly they about that. Yeah, but they still vote in, in the Senate and in the Congress. They still vote for some of Trump's bills because you don't go against the party necessarily. And I think that's what people don't realize. A lot of members of the ANC can't stand Jacob Zuma. They really want him out. But the loyalty to the ANC and part of being part of the ANC, which is a false sense of loyalty to some respect. Yeah, but dividing um, the, the party the way they South have. Africa. Divide well, and the conquer. the loyalty should be to South Africa, to your conscience. That's, your, that's loyal. To your conscience and South Africa. But for God's sake, I mean, the people, you know, unfortunately, their bread is in that party. And that's why people do that. Yeah. That's why people 
don't go against Donald Trump. You know, they vote for him anyway. Even though lots of Republicans couldn't stand him in that last election. Yeah, I must so say, he is. It, it, like, our, our government is like watching Survivor. Because he survives every vote of no confidence. And, uh, and theirs is like The Apprentice where Donald Trump is like, you're fired. You're fired. So basically their whole, <laughs> his whole cabinet. <laughs> so, I know, I know. so reality TV has become reality. It's quite uh, interesting. And that's what we're actually talking about in studio with the guests today. We're talking about the future of entertainment and how, how it affects everything. So it's, it's going to be quite an interesting show, Al. Well, I, I'm so happy that you're doing it because I think this is an important show because we're looking at not only the legalities of being in the industry, but also, you know, it's all people think the game is fun and it's easy and it's all about putting black cars on and going to awards and going to fabulous parties and, you know, having drinks at the fabulous park or whatever it may be. It, it, it's not that. It is, it is really hard work, number one. Number two, you have to have your ducks in, the row, in, in a row. And number three, which makes this industry most difficult, is that you don't often have the consistency of work like somebody that gets employed as an accountant every month and gets their salary for a hundred thousand. You've got people that put their neck on the line to create videos. You've got people that that um, that, uh, that that obviously making films and are making movies, and some of the times they don't make any money. And they yeah. lose money. What what always blew my mind about the film industry is that people are like, oh yeah, we've been uh, wanting to make this movie for twenty five years now, and that's how long it took to get funding, and you know all the all the different processes and all the things behind the scenes to get it get it actually off the ground, and you know you can actually watch a lot of South African actors age from the beginning of a movie to the end, which is quite cool. But the, the, the interesting thing about it is, is I wish people understood that a lot of the time you are. You, 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 you're trying to raise funds to make movies. They don't make money. You know, you, you cover the actors' fees, but but the, you know, you, you're taking a lot of risk. Yeah. And 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 the the interesting thing about the entertainment business is that these people that are in it are very brave because most of it is freelance. Most of it, it means that you and you know this when you you know you don't know if you're going to have a gig in November. You don't know. So um, you don't know as a camera person, you know, if you're able to to get uh, uh, be a part of the whole new, um, uh, let's say, master chef or uh, come down with me. You don't, you, you don't know if they're going to pick you. You're going to be the cameraman on the job. Yeah. So it's a very brave industry. You have to be protected, but also people need to know the truth about it. It's not an easy business. Well, I don't um, know if you can handle the truth, Al, but we're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of it in this show. Well, I think Jacob Zuma can't handle the truth. I'm a member of the ANC. Oh, burn. Nice. I have a song about but, Jacob Zuma, but it's a little bit controversial, so I won't play it. Well, play it. What, what difference does it make? This is the unview, the sin, the rich, and the Are fabulous. you sure? Are you sure? Do I have your permission? Well, how bad is it? It's pretty bad. Okay, well, I'll play a little bit for you, and you can, and you can just shout stop when it gets no, no. too bad. <laughs> two, one, two, sixty-nine, eight hundred ten. Charming and he only raped a few He only married six of them So they wouldn't sue The corruption and the power Will ensure that he gets laid He will never get the AIDS Cause he showers every day Oh mama, zoom, 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 zoom,
Pretty much it, Al. I was okay, in, and I, and and I was telling you, the voters no confidence neither stuck to him. Either, so. No. So there it goes. He took a metaphorical shower. Nothing stuck to him. It's fantastic. All right. Have a great day, Al. We'll. Uh, I want to say I wish everybody just a, a most phenomenal week. We'll be back in studio with a great guest next week. Plus, of course, Silver Scadam coming later this month, and of course, all the magic of the under. Nathan, yeah. thanks yep. to leave my boy. Rock and roll. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, I'm sure I'd like to wish, I'd just like to wish everyone a happy Women's Day for yesterday. And, uh, of course, effeminate men as well. Happy Women's Day. And to all of our mothers. We we all have them. Every single one of us. All right. Cheers. (laughs) Be good. Bye. Thank you. All right, that was Alan Ford. Okay, so we tracked him down. He's not glamping. Uh, he's not in a salmon-colored room either. He's, he's alpaca farming in Constantia. Sorry, where is he? He's alpaca farming in Constantia. Alpacas are a very important animal. I don't know if you know that. They they give us fur. All right, um, let's let's get into it. Okay, yeah, we we were chatting about Trump there, um, Mark. So if you want to jump in as an American, hey, I don't know if you saw the latest. Trump has a um, a neck vagina. Have you seen that? <laughs> have Have I seen that? That's the headline, or have I seen his neck vagina? Either one. Um, I have. I have. I've, I'm I'm aware of of both. Do you think that you know, like, I mean, talking like objectifying women and stuff? Don't you think you should cover that up? I think Trump should wear a scarf. I think you know everyone is told to emulate somebody um, and to sort of watch and see somebody that did something before him, and and I think he. You know, he, he watches The Daily Show and, and Trevor Noah talks about Jacob Zuma a lot. So it, it seems as though Trump has found, has found the guy that he wants to emulate the most and, uh, seems to be following in, in a, in pretty good footsteps actually. He's doing a good job in emulation. So, <laughs> nice. I see what you did there. I thought you were going to say he's just trying to be a, a puss, <laughs> but, but all right. Um, okay. Let's climb in, guys. All right, so we're talking about um, – I want to get into film a little bit with uh, Brad Katzen. Uh, Brad, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm okay. good, Nathan. So now you are a renowned filmmaker in South Africa. Renowned. Renowned. Absolutely renowned. Um, your film, The Beginning, um, did amazing things. That was with Tumisha Masha. Yes, Which is was. just a fun name to say. I'm not going to lie. That, I mean, I know Tamisha as well. When, when I first met him and he was like, hi, my name's Tamisha Masha. I was like, what? That sounds like an African uh, kind, I, kind I, of food. I, I say his full name all the time. I can't call yeah, him Yeah, you can't just else. say Tamisha yeah. or Tum Tum. <laughs> you have to say Tamisha Masha. Like Tamisha Masha. Good to see you. Let's, let's go. Yeah, let's and go. you have to say like a wise old Japanese man, I think. Ah, <laughs> oh, Tamisha Masha. He know a lot of things. Yeah, he's very wise, very good actor. 
Yeah. Okay, so you worked with Tamisha on the beginning. Um, tell me a little bit about that and like about your genre. I know you uh, do. Do you move around genres quite a bit? Or yeah, I think I, sp- I think especially in the in the local film industry, you kind of need to be flexible in how you you know in what you want to do because you know we're still such a developing um, scene that you you need to be able to do a lot of things. So you can't just say. I want to be Tim Burton and just do dark gothic stuff. Exactly. I just right. you kind of need to be able to diversify, okay. you know, as as that as as we kind of grow. So yeah, for me, it's kind of about trying to stay true to your voice and what you kind of, the stories that you want to tell, and being able to sort of jump between the various genres so that you can get you can get sort of the maximum exposure for what you're trying to achieve at that given stage. So yeah, the short film that we made with Tamisha was sort of a bit of more of like on the artsier side, um, a bit of a sort of like. Uh, metaphysical drama dealing with the supernatural and life after death and um, just exploring sort of the notion of, you know, what happens when we pass. So like some very light themes. Yeah, Yeah, I like it. And how did the South African kind of audiences or African or international, um, you know, receive that? I know South Africa, like um, Sia was talking earlier on Gareth Cliff's show about, about death and their, their kind of traditional, Beliefs about death, you know, that if someone dies, they literally come and st- the ghost comes and stays in the house until the body's buried or whatever. Um, did you have any, um, did you take that into account? When yeah, you we, I mean, we, we kind of wanted to, we want to explore some of the African cultural traditions behind all that and, you know, go into a bit of how, um, you know, when you, when you pass in, in sort of the traditional belief system, it's, you kind of return to like Mother Earth and you go back to nature. So it's sort of like death is a cycle. It's, it's the idea behind the film was, as the title said, it's, you know, death is only the beginning. Right. So it's not the fact that you're, you know, it's not the end of, it's not something that you should almost be sad about. It's something that you can, it's, it's its own sort of celebration in a way. Yeah. And you're kind of beginning another journey in the existence of. Things. Did you get, did you get, um, you know, kick back a little bit with any religious um, things? Like if you didn't take a religious standpoint on the film, did religious people get upset? There were lots of people with picket fences waiting. With lots of signs. With picket fences. So <laughs> like the rich kind of Bryanston exactly. family. There, there yeah. <laughs> a lot of protests were out there because of where we were. I going. hate those Bryanston, Bryanston those, protests. Those housewives especially. They get right? out there with their picket fences. <laughs> terrible. Awesome, man. Well, congrats. And was that what took you to Cannes? So that, yeah, so that film managed to get us into the Cannes Film Festival in the short film, um, section. So we managed to go over there and sort of represent South Africa and just kind of like take it, you know, take our story there and try and get some, um, some interest developed for the next projects that we want to start building out, which we've got, uh, a local TV series, which we're, which we're working on, a feature film that we've, we've got in the works. So, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been interesting, the process. Can you talk about this thing that's in the works? Or not really? Is one of these my my producer? Yeah, I've got kill me. Uh, my producer, we we can we can skirt the issue. Are you skirt. producing again with um, Sean Nadu? Yes. Oh, okay, great. So we're we're well in collaborative. And Tamisha, you guys are becoming a team like Zack Snyder and his wife. <laughs> we get the the marriage is coming. Yeah, it's the next awesome. step. That's exciting. Um, oh, so so can you talk about the film at all? Or not so uh, with the, so no, we can we can. The film itself is um, it's sort of like a thriller set in South Africa. It's uh, it's about it's about a woman whose whose daughter is kidnapped, and um, when the police can't help her, she enlists the help of a local gangster in in Soweto, and he kind of takes her into the underbelly of like the little crime world. And, um, it, you know, it unfurls into a lot more darker, um, African related symbolism and, uh, mysticism that goes on. Wow. That sounds awesome. So yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, awesome. we're working on it. Thanks. Okay, man. Looking forward to it. All right. Mark, you've been quiet over there in the corner. Sorry. We're not ignoring you. That's quite all right. I'm, I'm trying to, but 
I'm, I'm enjoying listening to everything that you guys have going on. No, it's fantastic. What's happening with you? Uh, we, we were chat- chatting just before the show started, and um, I, w- I was talking to um, you guys about technology and entertainment because something that we dealt with last week on The Unview was just talking about how people, you know um, – don't really go to theater that much. You know, they don't go out and see concerts. They'd rather watch it on their phones. I mean, you go to a concert and you see kids filming the band performing live. And it's like, when are you going to watch that? Are you going to go to the toilet later and watch the concert again? Because you missed it because you were watching your phone. You know, and, and we kind of spoke about this kind of, um, is, is, is the medium dying? And then we get really excited when, you know, gr- people go out in droves to go watch, um, watch a production, watch a, um, a band or a, a play or whatever's going on. Um, and you, Mark, have been working with some, some interesting things and have some interesting immersive ideas. Yeah. Look, I think, I think in, in any technology, I mean, if you go back to the age old saying you have to either evolve or die, right? Mm. And so I think the idea is to recognize uh, that technology is here to stay and that it's only going to get more and more involved in our, in our daily life. I mean, as much as Elon Musk tries to get away from it, AI is here. It's coming. Um, it's getting, it's getting more and more prevalent. In fact, I read an article the other day that said there were some scientists that had to actually kill their own AI project because their robots created their own language so that the scientists couldn't understand yeah, what they were I read that. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of scary and interesting and a little bit Terminator-ish, but, um, where I think we're going, and, and we see it a lot in the States now, is that entertainment, entertainers and, and filmmakers and, and even, even theater for, for a large part of it are actually moving in the direction where they're trying to make things more interactive. Because when you look at your phones and you look at your tablets and you look at your computers that you're really sitting behind most of the day, what you're doing is you're trying to interact with, with sort of a virtual world, right? Whether it's through a WhatsApp message or whether it's through a website, uh, or even on Facebook and social media. Often in the presence of real people. Correct. Which is quite funny. Correct. So, so the idea is to sort of in the entertainment industry, do what, what is somewhat referred to as sort of an augmented reality experience. So what we're seeing, for example, is we're working on a project in, in the States with, with a very well-known, uh, DJ actually, um, performs at, at Ultra Festival, Ultra Music Festival in Miami and Electric Flower in Las Vegas. And basically what's happening is he's putting together a Vegas spectacular show, just like you would see one of the Cirque du Soleil's or, or any, you know, a Celine Dion show. But this show is specifically designed where audience members are going to be asked to download an application on their phones, on their smartphones, before they go into the into the theater. And throughout the course of the show, they're going to be asked to actually interact with that technology. And the different interactions that they have with the technology will influence the direction of the show. So I don't know if you remember, but, you know, 25 years ago or whatever it was when we were reading Choose Your Own Adventure books. So oh, yeah. so it's it's sort of, sort of along those lines. I always used to fall down a cliff and then I had to try – Follow the pages back to where I made the wrong decision. I think we all did. Yeah, I think we okay. all did. So, so after reading for five minutes, the story was over. We had to start again. Yeah. But, uh, that's essentially what's along the lines of, of what they're trying to achieve in Vegas with the show where audience members are going to be able to sort of make their own decisions and based on sort of the overwhelming majority of the audience's decision, it will influence the direction of, of the way that the show goes. So it's like choose your own recreational. F- Event, yeah, basically, pretty much, pretty much. Can you select like what drugs you want to take at that event? You've been able to do that for a long time, right? Yeah. So, but in the app, I'm saying, not just by putting up a specific hand signal. In the The drone will come and drop them by. That would be Amazon. Yeah, 
Amazon drugs. We'll, yeah. we'll start we're not promoting drugs at all. We just know that. We're just know. observing. Yeah, we just observe. So yeah, that's some of the things that some of the things that are going on. And I know, you know, something else that's really interesting is is sort of again because of the whole social media aspect of things, where people like to feel, even though they're not actually involved with somebody on a day to day basis, they happen to know absolutely everything that is to know about the person's life, or at least what that person wants them to know about their life, mm-hmm. right? What they share on social media, and so. What's happening is we're seeing in the theater space something called immersive theater, which is really interesting because everything that we've, we've learned about theater going back, you know, through the eons where you have Brechtian techniques and, you know, all the sort of techniques where there's a fourth wall and you're there and you're actually just watching a show, which is a, a single plane of of existence everything that happens in the wings you don't know mm. right it's people preparing for their parts or people waiting to go on stage but don't you think that's part of part of what theater is about is your brain coming up with the closure and like filling in the gaps and yeah you know it's like the difference between watching a movie and reading a book you know your your brain has a lot more power in the book because you can imagine it to your level of imagination the colors in the details yeah but when a when a film is put, put in front of you then you have to kind of accept that a thousand percent. I, I completely agree with you. Except for the fact that our brains are expanding. We're evolving. You know, we're evolving to the point where we can, because of, of all the technology and because of all the screen time that we're getting, we're starting to learn how to absorb more and how to see more and we have better peripheral views. So basically what's happening is we need more and more and more to stimulate our imagination and to stimulate what's going on and, and we start to crave the, the closure that, that we would otherwise have to get on our own mm. by reading a book. So this idea of immersive theater is basically instead of just seeing what's happening at the time, all the rest of the act continues going on. And I know, I know that, uh, you know, they recently did one in London and, and New York of Macbeth. You know, where the famous scene where, where Lady Macbeth is saying, you know, sort of out, out damn spot and that's the end of it. Um, in this case, she would continue in the bathroom washing her hands while... And you can see it. And you can walk around a house in different rooms and see what all the characters are doing, even when they're not, in fact, the central focus of the story. Wow. Yeah, the, okay. I- the idea is to, to make the theatrical experience interactive. And, you know, building on what Mark's saying, there's, there's, there's another one also in London that's, um, that's all about Alice in Wonderland. And the idea is you kind of inhabit a wonderland and you walk through different spaces and you see you can join the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. You can sit down and, and have and play cards with the Queen. But then how many people can go watch this? Because I think I would get annoyed if there were like a hundred people walking around the kind of world. Well, that's it. I mean, it's not it, it's a it's a group experience and it's very I mean it's very catered. So you've got um so like smaller a, groups. Yeah. So you got okay. and you, but you have ushers that sort of like guide the experience to a point. But the idea is to almost let. It's like like a, a living exhibi- exhi- 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 exhibition where you get to like see these different um, little vignettes of the- of theater. So so basically, okay, it starts out. Let's just say hypothetically, it starts out Tweedledum, Tweedledee doing their little thing, and then let's say you go to the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. Can you quickly run back to Tweedledee and Tweedledum yeah. and see if they carried on, or if they just stopped because you left? No, you've, that's the yeah. idea. The idea it's like a, almost a consistent. I would do that just to bug them to see if they ran out of script. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're prepared for your little heckling. Oh, okay. I wouldn't heckle them. <laughs> you could try. I think, yeah. I think that would be the fun part. Can you heckle the actors? Yeah, I'm sure. I think I mean, the, the idea is, again, to like bring you into their world. That is really, really cool. There are some plays maybe I would not like to be to walk through, like um, Passion. What was it called? I always saw it ages ago. It was basically just um, six naked men on stage. Um, yeah. 
I think that would be It would be awkward I, Yeah, I, I also think waiting for Godot The immersive experience would be quite boring Yeah, I wonder if you could get involved there And actually just hang one of them Just like just chill with them at like the bus stop and yeah. So uh, Mark, you mentioned Brechtian techniques just now I uh, We actually interviewed a, a girl who's doing uh, Caucasian Chalk Circle a while back And um, she was telling us about her Brechtian techniques About all the ways they were trying to make it not You know, make the audience not feel anything Or not feel part of the emotion And I just thought that is And and then she explained how no one was coming to the show really And I found that so strange It's like we know that Brecht doesn't work No one likes it Okay, maybe there's some theater buffs Slight generalization perhaps yeah, I, I painted the broad I mean, I don't like it. I, don't you go to the theater to feel something, to be involved with something? And I, that's what you were saying about this immersive thing is it's, I think it's the, the complete opposite of Brechtian technique. I mean, obviously yeah. they're, they, they're, they're involving you in the play, literally. I agreed a thousand percent. So why do people even try the other way? Because I think artists are always looking for looking for a way to to push the limits. I think artists are always looking for a way to sort of poke and prod and change their medium. You know, I think I think when an artist puts up a puts up a picture that's that's literally just a splat of red paint and calls it, you know, their life's inspiration. Yeah. Uh, I wonder for- which period that was that the artist was going through. <laughs> um, happy Women's right. Day, Nathan. Should we? Yeah, Happy Women's Day to you too. Should we? Um, <laughs> should we should we try one of those things? Sure. Yeah, I've got an idea. It's called radio mime. Mm-hmm. So so the uh, the audience at home cannot see the mime artist, but um, we're going to describe it to you. So which one wants to be a mime? I'll okay. take on that. Brad Brad Katzen is going to be the mime. Mark, that makes you the announcer. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, we're crossing boundaries. Uh, we're trying to be artists here. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Radio Mime. Your discretion is advised. All of a sudden, Brad's hand, clenched in a fist, slowly makes its way from his chin. Now he's got two hands, almost like he's spreading something open. He's looking intently into whatever he's opened. And as his head... his tongue is actually licking what it was that he opened I'm not actually sure he's not actually sure but he seems to now be climbing inside whatever it was that he was licking and trying to put it over his head it's now over his shoulders it's almost like it's a reverse birth it's asphyxiating him he cannot breathe (laughs) I'm not actually sure what's happening nor is he. He seems to be asphyxiating. No, I know exactly what's going on. What What's going on, Nathan? Well, <laughs> it seems like a reverse birth. No, to no, me. no, no. He's actually just killing himself with a plastic bag. But it's one of those plastic bags, you know, when you have to lick your fingers to open. Oh, that's man, exactly it, Nathan. I'm sure that's all the listeners at home were <laughs> going somewhere completely different with that. I, I was. I wanted to break expectations, you know, subvert. Nice. I like it. All right. Okay, so so we talked we've spoken about um immersive theater, right? And that's really the future. How do you think that's going to happen? How, how do you think it's going to change in the next 5 to 10 years, do you think? Like Brad, I mean, your medium is kind of in trouble now. I mean, I'm a musician and my medium was in trouble oh, a few we're all years in trouble ago. Right now. It's, yeah, it's, but it's but, very dangerous. But I mean, grounds. I mean, who would have thought that 10 years ago people would be like, "Oh yeah, people don't watch TV anymore." They'd be like, 
Don't be stupid. Well, that's actually kind of interesting, uh, Nathan, because what I think we're I think we're going to move into more of a virtual reality space when it comes to entertainment. And one of the, in fact, in Cannes, what was actually premiered this year was the filmmaker Alejandro Inarritu, the director of like Birdman and like um, you know a lot of big Hollywood films. He released his first virtual reality film, wow. which featured at the festival, and essentially it was. Just a six and a half minute um, sequence that uh, viewers were able to like put on the goggles and inhabit like the space, and they essentially relived um, the the experience of an immigrant trying to cross a border illegally from Mexico into um, into the states. And it's just this. It was just meant to be this very very immersive again, all about you know bridging that gap between sort of. Is it a, like a POV thing where yeah. you, where so you become the you immigrant. become an immigrant? Okay. So you you know you put on the goggles and you can walk around and you kind of like. He just throws you into this, this like visceral experience of having to like, you know, get chased by these border patrol guards with like helicopters and that's in this, in a huge museum space. So you've got the space to like actually like interact and, you know, get into it. And they've got, you know, different environmental effects going on to like really just put you in the shoes of, uh, of one of these guys that are trying to like, you know, just survive to get onto, you know, start a new life. And I think that's sort of the, the start of what is going to become in, in terms of entertainment that very personal experience, but at the same time, you know, very like interactive in the sense that you're, you're in it. You're not just watching something now you're participating. Right. There's also, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with magic leap. Um, they're of one of the biggest augmented reality companies in the world at the moment. And if you look at um, just some of their stuff on YouTube, like they've got how it works apparently is is it's contact lenses that you put in your eye, and what happens is the contact lens actually projects straight into your eye. So you know you don't need to wear glasses, just contact lenses, which kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> Sounds but, hygienic. But they show, uh, yeah, just hand hand in your contact just lenses at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and just lick them and give them to the next person. Um, but I mean, some of the stuff they've been showing is amazing. They've got a, a, a school of children sitting in a gymnasium and a whale jumps out of the floor and like <laughs> smashes into the floor. It's like the most amazing thing wow. I've ever seen. So I think that, I mean, obviously that's a few years away, you know, with technology, I, I would say in the next 20 years, but it'll actually like be like seven. Give it a month. <laughs> yeah, a month. Um, and, and it's just so amazing. And, and can you imagine film gets to that point? And, and I actually think it'll create a lot more jobs in a way, because there's so much more stuff that needs to be done. The programming and the projecting yeah. of that kind of thing is, is so hectic and advanced. It's going to open up new courses. Completely. It's, 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 it's insane to think of what, like, we can't even conceive of the kind of, you know, jobs that will be needed to make these, these, um, these designs a reality, you know, and, and in terms of like the film, from the film side, being able to like almost watch a film in the real world, like, you know, even like just walking down the street, having an ex- interactive experience through that augment, augmented reality is mm. going to be something that I think a lot of people, it's, it's something we can't even conceive of because it's such a brand new con- concept. Yeah. You know, I mentioned, I mentioned earlier that one of the things that we're doing in the States is actually um, building buildings. And um, one of the, one of the big components of it is obviously the marketing. When we're, when we're building, you know, a, a high rise condominium building where we're trying to sell apartments for millions and millions of dollars, you have a very big hurdle of trying to differentiate yourself from all the other buildings along the beach, right? And so what we've started to do is we've actually started to engage with companies 
entertainment-based companies in order to put together videos, virtual tours, uh, augmented reality, essentially where somebody that happens to be walking by the the plot of land that is eventually going to become a building can point at the plot of land with their phone and all of a sudden a virtual model of what the building's going to look like shows up in place of of the plot of land. So we're seeing it when you talk about seven months, seven years, ten years, twenty years, we're we're doing that, we're seeing it, and we're actually using a lot of the techniques that you're seeing in the film industry and the and the advertising industry and even the music industry to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um some of the new techniques that, that technology brings to the table, we're seeing that actually transpose into the business world as well. And and it's re- people still want to feel immersed. People still want to feel that they're experiencing something. People want to feel like they're doing something different and people are always searching for that next adrenaline rush. Mm. And technology gives that to you without having to throw yourself off a bridge or jump out of an airplane. Is it not is it not a dangerous thing just because sometimes the technology is cooler than reality? You know what I mean? Like um so for example this Magic Leap, Leap company, one thing they're doing is you can wear these contacts all day. And you can basically run programs around yourself. Let's say you you love Aquaman like I do. And I want to have Aquaman swimming behind me all day. And he'll be there. I'll look and there's Aquaman. No one else can see it, but I can see it. And and, and don't you think like the world becomes cooler because it's more like what you want. And then, you know, if there was a blackout, all of a sudden everyone like descends into complete boredom just because, um, you know, the, the world is not as exciting as what technology offers us. And like, you know, uh, f- theater, for example, I mean, imagine going to the theater and they s- they're fighting a dragon on stage, which is being holographically projected. And then all of a sudden we don't have that anymore for some reason. And, and then can think, people go back? Well, this is the th- I think the interesting thing as well is just how desensitized we actually even might become because, I mean, you look now at how all these blockbusters on, on circuits and, you know, Audience have now, but we're, t- we're tired of seeing the world get destroyed. Like, you know, every film seems to be doing the same, these huge visual effects. We're just not impressed as much anymore. I, I had a friend the other day that said if they see another movie where a blue beam of light shines into the sky, they're going to exactly. kill themselves. So, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Like, we're, we're, we're getting so used to the amazing that it's like the, the real world, you know, the normal world just isn't good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, I think that's what we're chasing. Yeah, I think, but I think that's exactly why the next step, you know, is interact interactivity because if you if you go back years and years and years special effects has always been what pushes the envelope right when right. when Steven Spielberg came out and and started by making a giant mechanical shock come out of the water that was an incredible special effect today when you watch movies like Sharknado or Shark. you know I believe it's Sharknado Sharknado um Steven Spielberg would have loved to have those sort of techniques when he was doing Jaws. He may have done it a little more tastefully, but, but, um, yeah, but so you're saying he wouldn't have come up with shock to puss. Correct. Right. Correct. Most likely, but his loss. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, um, people are constantly improving and evolving. I keep going back to the theme of sort of evolution, right? Um, that's why I think with, with special effects, I think you're a hundred percent right. What we're seeing is, is people getting a little bit desensitized, a little bit bored of explosions and, and buildings collapsing and people focusing more on, on how do we make these films? How do we make these plays? How do we make these shows exactly what the audience wants them to be? And the answer to that is by making the audience participate in the way that these things right happen. And, I, and I think what what we're what we're you know 
building on that as well is the idea that you know it's just in, it's about inviting as many of the senses as possible. Mm-hmm. And I mean they've de- they've developed like like haptic feedback technology where they can simulate what it feels like to touch different textures like sand or brick like just on a touch screen. You know just by feeling a, a glass sheet you you they're able to re retextualize different just different feelings. That's ridiculous. Like the, that the technology it's insane what's going on. I'm still waiting for smell a vision. <laughs> I think they're dabbling. They're dabbling. Oh, okay, that's exciting. Um, so talking about technology and film with Brad Katzen and Mark Schmoling, um, here's a clip from Charlie Brooker, who did a, has done a really great, great series called Black Mirror. And this is just him talking a little bit about uh, what, what Black Mirror is and, and technology in the modern world. The villain is never technology, and I'm, I, I always find it really quite boring. If I'm watching a, if I'm watching a, a sci-fi film, and there's like the evil genius is gonna, ha ha ha, I'm gonna launch this uh, thing. It's gonna enslave everyone, and you know, it's like I can't really relate to that. But I can relate to a guy who gets obsessed with the gadget, and then it gradually ruins his life. So, it's more worried than it is attempting to warn anyone. I don't, I don't know. You know, I hope none of the stuff comes true. Although. A lot of it seems quite close to coming true. Like two seconds after hitting the end, it seems to start unfolding in reality, which is quite a terrifying idea for an episode in itself. What I took it to mean was um, when a screen is off. When a screen is off, it looks like a black mirror because uh, any TV, any LCD, any iPhone, any iPad, something like that, if you just stare at it, it looks like a black mirror, and there's something cold and horrifying about that. And it was so, such a fitting title for the show. It was one of those things that, I mean, I don't know what else we would have called it. Spooky technology time would have been rubbish. Um, so it worked out as being the perfect title in a way. And it's quite, I quite like the fact that people are watching it on, you know, watching it on their TV or on their laptop or their smartphone or whatever, and then... When the end credits start running and the screen cuts to black, they see themselves <laughs> reflected. So that was Charlie Brooker talking about uh, Black Mirror. Amazing show. You've seen it, Beautiful. Brad. I'm sure yeah, you're brilliant. a big fan of it. Mark, I, have you seen Black yeah, Mirror? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now, one of my favorite things about Black Mirror is it deals with, uh, in another interview I've heard, heard from Charlie Brooker, he said, uh, technology is a drug. And we, we have, it hasn't been around long enough for us to know the effects of that drug. And what Black Mirror tries to explore is the effects of the drug of technology. So if you're worried about technology, watch it. Um, and it'll put you, put you at ease a little bit, I think. Definitely. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not terrifying at all. No. To see what they go into <laughs> in that. Um, yeah. And I think it raises some really interesting questions, which is the kind of thing we're discussing now. Um, Brad, I just want to come back to the South African film industry. Do you see any of this kind of innovation in in African film? Definitely, I think I think it's it's starting. Like we are still very much in the roots of you know trying to catch up to a lot of the international things going on. But there, um, I mean, I've I've known a lot of colleagues in the industry and some of the projects that they're developing, which are um, definitely in the same vein of what we're talking about. Uh, there is an immersive theatrical experience coming to Cape Town. I think at the end of the year. That's coming soon. That, that we'll is great. Start hearing more about. I'm gonna listen up for that because I really want to get those people in. I want to hear more about how that that works in reality. Uh, Mark, you were saying that you've got some examples of um, of the kind of augmented reality online and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was I was mentioning how you know some of our sales tools for for the buildings that we're, we're 
putting up in Miami, we use a lot of these sort of virtual reality and, and augmented reality things. In fact, um, one of the things that we're using now is when we send a sales team overseas to try to, to garner interest in our project, we'll send them with, with an Oculus or with a virtual reality set and allow people to sort of try these, these headsets on and almost feel as though they're walking through one of the apartments so that they can really experience what it feels like. Mm. Um, we have an example of a completely virtual film that was done uh, from from nothing but plans that show the building, what it will be like to live there, the cars, the lifestyle, absolutely everything is done with virtual reality and, and green screen. In fact, it, we have one on our website for for one of our projects. If if your listeners go, can I do a shameless plug of our website really quick? Plug away. Alan Ford loves plugging. So. <laughs> So, so if, if your listeners go to museresidences.com, that's M-U-S-E, residences.com, you'll be able to see right there on the homepage, um, a completely virtual video of what a building's gonna look like, what it would be like to live in that building, and, and none of it was based on, on filming anything, uh, real other than the actors in front of a green screen. Wow. So the whole thing is basically just created in the whole thing. Right. Okay. Uh, I'd actually like, um, I'd love to see more of this technology used in South Africa. I mean, when you guys told me about the Alice in Wonderland, uh, play the Macbeth thing where you can literally just walk through the Macbeth castle and the whole action is happening around you and you can watch whatever part of it you want. Um, it also takes things away from the linear progression of, of plays. It becomes, right? yeah, it becomes more abstract in a way because you're, and it's, it's again, it, it comes back to the the original thing of you know when you're reading a book, your your mind's coloring in the blanks. Yeah. So it's this, in a similar way, you're filling in the story in the immersive the- theatrical experience because you're kind of having to piece together these different vignettes and almost trying to link where you're seeing someone who was doing this. You're like, is it before the last room you came to? Or is it going to lead you into another room? Like you're also trying to like again color in what the gaps. It could be a very short play because everything happens at at the same time. And they just say their lines for five minutes. No, actually it doesn't. Oh, so fine. the you're wrong, Nathan. You're wrong, Nathan. Sorry about that. Yeah, okay. uh, often wrong. No, no. The the play itself. What's so brilliant about it is that the way that the that the experience is configured, the linear version of the play still happens. So when two characters in the normal sense of the play have an interaction. They have that interaction. So, so technically, if you wanted to follow the linear form of Macbeth, you could. You could follow the characters that needed to be followed through the entire process. But you don't have to. But you don't have to. So, and if you ever wonder what happens, you know, after the woman slaps the man and runs out of the room, you ever wonder where she's running to? Now you can find out. Yeah. Or you can listen, follow the man and see how he cries you like know, a little bit. You know, she's running straight to the fridge for some ice cream and yeah. Happy Women's Day. Ooh, nice. Um, okay, so <laughs> um, another thing is the technology aspect of that. I'd love to see VR be brought into the theater realm as and well. It's 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 definitely, I mean, I think that's going to be, I, well, I'd say it's more going to probably be augmented reality that will take on, on that because, yeah. you know, with, when you've got, um, when, you're, when you're able to, you know, render something in the real world, mm. um, overlaying that over the theatrical experience is going to be, I mean, that's, that's going to be like a whole new innovation. That's, it's almost a new medium. That for those be. of you, for the listeners at home who don't know what he's talking about, think of Snapchat, things like that, where basically they can, if you're on Snapchat, if you don't know what he's talking about, you probably don't know what Snapchat is either. But, um, why are you listening to this? Yeah, why? How are you listening to <laughs> online radio, you Neanderthal? 
Uh, it's like, oh, I thought this was a toaster, but there are people talking out of it. Um, sorcery. Yeah, what is this sorcery? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so well, I forgot what I was so, saying. So uh, augmented reality and what it is. Yes, yeah, yeah. Just so, so like Snapchat, I know Facebook has it now as well on their Facebook stories. You can, um, you can slap a background as well as a foreground onto your face. Um, and, and, and this is another thing where like I think people are enjoying being the stars of their own story. And you mentioned it earlier. I can't remember which one of you mentioned it, but you know, people love being involved. And that's why this kind of interactive technology is going to be so huge in theater, film, uh, yeah, it's, concerts, it's about, it's about giving the audience a choice. You yeah. know, they don't want to feel that they're in control and have an effect on the outcome. Do you think it's going to go to the next level where people will want to be the star of it and they can be? So, Absolutely. I think it's going that way anyway. I think social media has has created a situation where people have started to direct their own narrative, right? Because social media is in essence, a way for you to put the narrative that you want about yourself mm. out to the world. And so that's only going to expand into the entertainment industry. And what we're going to see is we're going to see the ability for people to continue that narrative for themselves when they're either watching television or going to a movie or going to the theater. Mm. So I think you're absolutely right. I think as the technology expands, so you're going to see it become more and more focused uh, on the individual as opposed to the to the mass audience. And in fact, to build on that, there's actually um, in the states uh, there's there's they're developing certain there's a filming experience that you can go to where the audience watches a film and actually votes on the character's choices in the movie. So wow. as the film, like uh, for example, like it's like a slasher movie. You, you know, when the girl when the the girl and the guy are trying to escape the killer and they're not sure if they should go to the bathroom or run outside, the audience suddenly gets a you know on their phones they'll have like an option to choose. Where do they go? And then based on the, the group vote. But it's democratic. Of course. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then, then they, then the film plays out according to the choices that have been made. Is there like a Guptist type influence that could occur in that thing where people get paid to vote a certain way because I, some guy really wants the movie to go a certain way? I think that the, the chances are definitely high. <laughs> I think well, watch high, out. I think it's probably a more likely choice that no matter what everybody votes for, the person will still run into the Guptist shop. Wow, nice. And buy a Sahara computer. Nice. All right. Um, guys, thank you so much for coming. We were chatting to Bradley Katzen, great, um, South African filmmaker, uh, Mark Schmullian, um, jack of all trades, uh, lawyer from the States, uh, property developer. Uh, that's why you spoke so much about property, I imagine. <laughs> um, thank you guys. Thank you so much for being here. It's been thank absolutely you. fantastic. Thanks for having us, Nathan. Um, guys, so the future of theater, film, and, uh, uh, concerts and stuff is essentially you at the listener, right? You guys are going to be the star and soon you guys can have your whole worlds named after you like, like cliff central or uh Rhema church. Um, and uh, you can have that all to yourself. It's fantastic. Um, that's all we have time for today. Uh, join us next week. Alan Ford and I will be back. Well, hopefully you'll be back. Maybe I should take a holiday glamping in Constantia. Um, here to play us out is that guy with the voice. Goodbye. The Unview. The Thin, the Rich, and the Fabulous on CliffCentral.com. This is CliffCentral.com.